I have something on, on my heart tonight that um, I've taught before, um, but it's something that we need to be refreshed in. It's something that we should always be working on. So if you have your Bibles, open up with me to John um, 4.24, and I want to read out of the King James Version. And I'm going to be talking on the lines, teaching on the lines of praise and worship. There's a right way to worship God, and there's a wrong way. You know, worship is a flow of our life. You know, people that don't understand think it's a tradition, it's a Christian thing to do. It's just something religious people do. They worship, and they worship at church. Um, They see it as something that is just an act, but it's more than that. Worship is us expressing our faith in him. It's an act of faith. It's, a, it's worshiping God and looking to him in worship and praise is an act of faith. Amen. So it's something that is not just a segment of time, but it's a way of life for us. Amen. It should be a way of life. And it should be something that is desired to do, but not um, a, something you check off your checklist. I worship God today. Or I went to church, that was enough. But if we really care about him, if we really, if we really put our life in his hands, we're going to worship him all the time. All the time. That's what a life committed to him looks like worshiping him in every arena of our life. What we do with our time, what, 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 what we give our time to, what we put our money in, um, our life is a reflection of what we're worshiping, and it needs to be evident that Jesus is the one you're worshiping. People worship hobbies. They worship, um, they worship money. That's their main goal in life. That's something... You know, they may not call it that specific word, but the act of giving your life to something, you're worshiping that thing. And your life should be evident that you're worshiping Jesus Christ. He gave his life for you. He gave it all for you. We have an obligation as Christians to give everything to him. He deserves to have us entirely. He he paid the price. He died on the cross for something that he did not deserve to do, but he did it out of his own heart because he wanted to save mankind. Our life should not look like the world. Our life should be set apart. And we need to get past the stumbling block of just committing to him. We should be beyond that. We should be so committed that we're fulfilling over and above his plan, more and more of his plan each day. We need to be beyond some things. We need to be pushing through some things that are stumbling blocks. We need to be more mature in some areas, that, that the basics aren't tripping us up. We shouldn't be wondering what the basics are. We should have the word is our foundation for that. We should be living out of this right here, the word of God. Amen? But there's a right way and a wrong way to worship him. And so I want to read here in John 4.24. It says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must, I highlight that word, must, worship him in spirit and in truth. 
there's a lot of people who worship out of the flesh. And the problem with that is that when you worship out of the flesh, you're not getting results out of the spirit. There's power in the spirit. There's all that you need out of the spirit. But when we're worshiping out of the flesh, when we have our emotions hooked onto something, when we're looking at the wrong thing, the results won't be there. And people lose faith in God, but it's simple right here. It says, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Because when we're worshiping out of the flesh, that's something we're deciding to do. When we're in emotions, when we're looking at ourselves, when we're looking at the wrong thing, that's not on him. He's telling us right here how to worship him in spirit and in truth. We have to be taught the proper way to worship so we get the right results. People, people lose faith in God because they don't feel anything or, or, or they don't get any results or their life looks the same way it did five years ago because they're living in a place of the flesh, out of that carnal nature. And they're wondering why God is failing them. He's not failing them. You're, you're, you're living your life in the wrong vein. And it's not hard to do living in the spirit. The, the flesh wants to tell you it's, it's something that's not obtainable for you because you're not used to it. But I'm telling you, when you hit the jugular of that thing, when you get into the vein of it, when you push past yourself, it's not about you right now. If you just saw a glimpse of what he delivered you from, the pit of hell, if you just saw a glimpse of what he brought you out of, what you were destined for, he brought you out of and gave you a new life, I think our lives would be a little more aggressive towards him. And that's an encouragement to myself. We all need to be more aggressive when it comes to defending him. You know, I don't want, I want to be used by God. I don't want God to look at me and, and, and see a person that is so governed by circumstances and situation and, and views and, and different trending topics in the world that I'm just a floating person. I'm not, I don't have a foundation. He can't use people in the way he wants to when they don't have a proper foundation of who they are in Christ. It's so important to, when you, we, I don't know about you, but I want to be used by God. I want him to use me, but I don't want him to overlook me because I'm so consumed in what I want and what I think my life should look like or my own endeavors that he can't use me. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. He has a purpose for you and he wants to use you for that purpose. And it's a fulfilling purpose. I said it's a fulfilling purpose. And sometimes we have to put our own opinions aside and say, that is my opinion. That is what I think. That is what I feel is right. But that's not the foundation of where I live my life. Everything stems from what does the word have to say about that? What's going on in the world? What does the word have to say about it? Who cares about my opinion? Who cares about what I think? In my natural self, in my carnal self, whatever that may be, who cares about that? Because the world is changing, 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 and people who live in the flesh, who live by the standards of the world, they're unstable people. But people who live in the spirit are sound people, they're usable people, they're usable people. People wonder why God, it just seems like God doesn't use them, or maybe they feel like they're left out. Well, get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. Take time to seek his plan for you in the spirit. Take time to meditate on who you are 
in Christ and in the word. Establish that. You need a foundation established before you can successfully walk out what he has for you. If you don't know who you are in Christ, you will be duped very easily. You will, stumbling blocks will take you out much swifter and easier than somebody who knows who they are in Christ. You shouldn't have to question about something that's going on. You should have established foundation in the word. What does the word say about this? What does the word say about this? I don't have to wonder. The word is the filter for my life. I filter everything. I put myself aside. I put what I want aside. And I say, what does the word have to say about that? Because that's what makes the difference. The word is what makes the difference. I don't know everything. You may think you know everything. You do not know everything. You don't. And I want to put my faith in someone who does. Someone who does. And you're safe with that. You're safe with that. We should have faith in him that he knows what to do. His power is more than enough. Amen? So let me focus back on this. I must worship him in spirit and in truth. There's a right way and a wrong way to worship. And when we worship and praise in the spirit, it's effective. Things in our life will begin to look different out of that place. Because there's life in the spirit. There's life in the spirit. And when we tap into that life, when we tap into that power that's in the spirit, our life will begin to transform. Hallelujah. We need to learn uh, how to worship effectively. Amen? So we will not get the results we're looking for when we're in a place of the spirit. Worshiping in the flesh will get you into emotions. And your flesh likes that. Your flesh, your flesh wants to look at your life in a lens of, oh, poor me, or, oh, uh, me, myself, and what I've been through, and look at what I, that's a, that's a, that's a, that pattern is not going to help you. You have to look directly at him. We cast our cares upon him, for he cares for me. We look to him, we worship him in spirit and truth. Worship him in spirit and in truth. When we're looking at something else other than him, we are no longer glorifying him properly. We're glorifying situations. We're glorifying our own problems. Um, but when we're in the place of emotions, um, it, you're not going to have the same impact you will when you worship out of a place of spirit and in truth. Amen. And people really struggle to follow Christ because they simply don't know him. They simply can't put their own self aside and take time to focus on him. We get so caught up on, I need supply, I need healing, I need this, I need that, I, 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 I. But what about knowing him? We need a relationship with him. And when we establish a relationship with him, when we begin to learn who he is and who we are in him, we'll begin to have a stronger and stronger worship life. Because when we know who he is, um, we have a clear picture of what we're looking at here. We have a, we, we, our, our, our focus is on him. Because when we get to know him, man, I, I, what he's done for me, wait, he wants that for me? He wants a relationship with me personally? He wants to talk with me throughout my day? He wants me to walk in a 
supply and full healing. He cares about the little things. He cares. It's all a path towards him. It's all him. So we need to make sure that our focus is on the right thing. I love this vision that my dad had. A lot of you know it. It's about the dry riverbed. And the gist of it basically is he had a vision and he saw people rowing in a boat what seemed like a totally dry riverbed. It was nothing, no water in it, no life in it. And they were worshiping and praising God and they were rowing in that riverbed. And they were kicking up all the dirt. They were kicking up all the debris. And they begin to see the debris around them. And they say, oh, well, look at that. It's the glory of God. They were having to work and work. And they were working in the wrong vein. It was all about the flesh. It was all carnal. And then he said he saw another one that was totally flowing in a full raging river. And it was, they were just flowing with it. They was, there was no effort they were having to put into it. They were tapped into a vein of power. And the difference was is that power carried them. They didn't have to force something. But I love that, that, um, that, that vision because it's a clear picture of the difference. There's no power. There's no, there's no life in the flesh. But when we tap into the spirit, when we give place and room for the spirit to move, it, it'll carry us. It, it doesn't have to be hard. We don't have to force it, but when we prioritize the spirit, I said we have to prioritize the spirit. Amen. It's about the spirit. I always say when I, before I preach, spirit, have your way. This is your service. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. And we need to see ourselves as we're in a boat. We're just vessels for his flow, for his power to operate. We're just vessels. Use us, Lord. It's about you. It's not about me. And when you put your focus on him, he will prioritize your life. He will take care of you. His power will begin to be evident in your life. You'll be see, begin to see a transformation in your life when you prioritize him and put your, yourself aside. It's not about you. Amen? But he cares for you, and he cares for you watchfully. He's taking care of you. Just like you watch for your children or your nieces and your nephews, and you watch for them carefully. If they drive a little scooter in the street, whoa, 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 where are you going? Or, or you know, they're about to knock over a vase on a table. You care for them watchfully. Your father's watching over you. And he's, he, he, he wants to walk you through some things. He wants to help you. So you're not in this alone. Amen. You're not in this alone. But when you look at yourself, you're going to come up short. When you look at yourself in life, you're going to come up short. We have to see who we are through him, in him. I said in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me read this paragraph to you. This will bless you. Unless we have knowledge of, the, of God, there is no worship in truth. Both spirit and truth are necessary for honoring God and worship. Spirit without truth leads to shallow, overly emotional experience that can be compared to a high. We, it says here, unless we have knowledge of God, we have to know him. We have to know what he wants for us. Who, who are we in him? We have to take time to have a, relation, a developed relationship with him. We're going to have to take time in our life to put ourselves aside and say, this is, you know, these hobbies are great. They have a place and they have a time. But I need to prioritize 
my relationship with him. Amen. Because I don't want a shallow, overly emotional experience that's compared to a high. And that's what a lot of people do. They, they get on that high. It feels good on the flesh. You know, you're, and then you walk out the door and you're still stuck with that flesh carnal nature. And the flesh can switch and be sad the next moment because your emotions, uncontrolled, they will um, take over your life. And um, the different, to, to see a difference in our life, we have to make sure we're giving place to the Spirit in our life. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, spiritual babies will worship in the flesh and in emotions, but we're not to remain there. We're not to remain there. We're to de- develop this, this walk with God and our relationship of knowing him. We need to, it's time to grow some things. Our relationship with him should become deeper and deeper every single year. And people who are confident in who they are in him and have a, a healthy relationship with him, they're not easily persuaded by trending topics or, or something that challenges what they know. There's going to be things that challenge the word of God. It's not a challenge for the word of God. It's a challenge for you. How much do you know? Do you have the answer for it out of the word? Because when you don't have knowledge, you know, the word says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. If you don't have knowledge about what's going on in here and things come and challenge that knowledge, you're going to question, well, maybe I'm wrong. Well, maybe I don't, maybe, maybe this isn't the answer. Maybe this is just old. You know, there's a new way of thinking in the world. This is old. This is outdated. Maybe, you know, the world loves to do that. They want to make the word of God obsolete because it doesn't fit their mold. The, the, the word doesn't fit the mold of the world. The word is separated. People want to people change the word and conform it to what benefits them. But that's not how it works. It's in its, in, a, in its own category of its own. So don't see what people say in politics or in the world or what's going on. Don't see it equal to what the word has to say. These are people who are blinded. The word talks about it. The world is blinded. They have their blinders on. And we shouldn't be like, hmm, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe they know something I don't. Maybe I'm uneducated. You lack light in his word. And we should not debate the word in the world. It should not be a debate. It's non-debatable. Because the word is a way of life. And everything falls underneath that. We are to follow suit. And that is for our protection. The life he promised is living by this word. (laughs) It's in it. We're in his word. We need to see ourselves in it. Amen. That's an awesome thing. Amen. And you know what? Sometimes your flesh will maybe buck against something in the word. That's okay. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. Keep staying in the right place. 
stay in a place that's, that's teaching the right thing, that's teaching faith. Be around people who talk faith. And you'll begin to realize that that side of you begins to fade away. And you become a person that is much more pleasant to live with. <laughs> Amen. Um, you just sometimes got to your, put yourself aside and say, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be rebellious. I'm not going to challenge the word. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. Because it's not, I don't see the word optional. You know, I'm, that's just how I see it. I don't see it optional. I am one with his word. I mean, that's how it should be. And we shouldn't see ourselves as just somebody who entertains that thought every once in a while because it seems healthy to be, have a rela- uh, religious background or something. I mean, that's not how I see it. I don't see it optional. That's who I am. I am in Christ. I am one because of the price he paid. What he did, he died for me so I can be one with him. I can walk with him in fellowship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. The one who has peace, the one who has joy, the thing the world is searching for. The thing the world is searching for is in him. He gave his life to this world. He gave it to the people. He gave his life for it. So I, I have an obligation to give my life to him. I Use me, Father. Because there's a hurting world out there that's looking for answers. And I want to facilitate that happening. I want to be used by God. I don't want to be in my 40s and 50s still uh, being rebellious about what I think. When we have a rebellious attitude with the will of God or the word of God, if we, if we, if we prioritize our opinion on things, he's, it's going to limit how much he can use us. We need to see ourselves how he sees us. In Christ, in him, set apart you know, he sees the world, but it's, it's, it's no, it doesn't face him. The things in the world, the tests and the trials, the things that go on here, it doesn't face him. Therefore, it shouldn't face us. I mean, what uh, Pastor Morgan was saying, we brought in 200,000 more this year than last year during a pandemic, during, I mean, unrest. There was a lot of things, uh, people getting laid off of work, but this congregation grew. That's what the word, living a life in the word looks like. That when it seems impossible to grow, God's people begin to grow. They begin to thrive in what seems like a desert. We begin to grow and flourish in what seems impossible. But that's what a life of living in the word is. That when things in the world, when the rug gets pulled right up for under you, and it just seems like every your world is flipped upside down, this word right here did not waver. It did not change. It has a strong foundation. It's still the same answer it was in 2020 as it was in 2019. Hallelujah. I don't know if this sermon's about worshiping anymore, but um, <laughs> hallelujah. But that's what a life of faith looks like and a life committed to him looks like. It, it's it's unwavered, it's, it's flourishing, and no matter what season. And just because tests and trials come does not mean your answer is any different. It doesn't mean that it didn't work. We can be in total peace and joy 
through any test and trial. And I'm, you know, an example of this is, I would say maybe a year or two before my dad passed away, um, I was really working on, you know, working on myself, working on not worrying about things, really just um, working on that, just making a place and time for him in my life. And I would go in my car, I would, that would help me disconnect from distractions a lot. And I just began to praise and worship him. And a lot of times it felt very similar, you know, the same, you know, worship and singing. I, I like to sing, that helps get me in that vein. Um, and then one time I, it was very different. It was like I tapped into something right away that I'd never experienced alone. I'd experienced that power in a service, but I experienced it in my car alone. And I began to cry, like, profusely as if something really bad just happened to me, almost in a mourning way, but I wasn't mourning anything. I was just kind of grieving in the spirit in a way I didn't really understand at the time. But God began to show me a few years before he passed away it's like he got, he worked some things that were in me out of a, out of line. It's, he worked those things out, and that was through the Spirit. The Spirit will always prepare you for things to come. It will always prepare you for things to come. And I, he sh I didn't think of much of it at the time. I just thought, what a great experience, what a great time. This is how it should be. A relationship with God should be like, you know, fellowship with him. And um, cried and cried and cried and cried and um, and then I just went home, and that was it. But God began to show me that there were some things in me he needed to get out. And only the Spirit would know something like that. I don't know how to explain it necessarily, but I definitely, it's like what pain I would have felt in a harsh way came out in a, in a compassionate way. And it, it, it prepared me for things. So when that test and trial came, I didn't, um, I didn't get in a ditch over it, if that makes sense. I didn't lose faith in God. Because I look back and he always, God will always prepare you for things to come. Always prepare you for things to come. What, you, were, you were saying you looked back on the last sermon you taught after you found out he died. What was that sermon specifically? Uh-huh. So that was the last sermon she preached before she found out he passed away. What he will always put your answer in you before you need it, before the before you need it, and um, that's something to have confidence in. That when you take time in the spirit and worshiping in spirit and in truth, he'll begin to work things in you, in or out, that will prepare you for things to come. And as hard as the situation may seem, because you're prepared, you're ready for that. It, it, it doesn't phase you the same way. And, your, you know, your body will react in a way. Your, your natural body wants to, you know, when, when you hear things like that, I don't know if anyone's experienced something, like, very un sudden and unexpected like that, but your body reacts, and it begins to react in a certain way. But just because your body's shaking doesn't mean your spirit's shaking. And you'll, you'll cry, your body will react to the pressure of a situation, but your spirit, man, is not shaken. Brother Hagen would say that. My body may be shaking, but my spirit is not. 
That's an awesome thing. It's worth putting time into. It's worth developing our relationship with him, spending time in the spirit, spending time where power is available because it will prepare you for things to come. Amen. I want to read this paragraph to you. Dad, Dad Hagen would say, praise brings the anointing, and it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. How long do we need to worship God? Till the anointing comes, for then the anointing will destroy any yoke, obstacle, hindrance, or opposition in our lives. Well, that sounds like what I experienced. I it seemed a little repetitive for a while, but when I, at one time I began, I just, it seemed like a vein I tapped into, and I began to get in the spirit, and it seemed like yokes in my life were destroyed. What an awesome thing. He always puts your answer in you before you need it. We're always prepared when we put him first. We're always prepared when we seek him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. All the things you need in life, they, they fall into that category. All. Your family, your health, your source of income. He, he's got it. He's got you taken care of. And I think things that we struggle with sometimes are unnecessary because if we just put him first before we thought about how something was going to work out, how something was going to play out, how my job and how I do this and, you know, your endeavors and your plans. If we just kind of get those out of our sight and we just prioritize a relationship with him, we won't struggle in those things so much anymore because we see it differently. When you're walking with him and when you're confident in who you are in him, those things, you'll begin to realize they're not as hard anymore. And that's not by your own ability, and it seems hard, like, how could I do that? Well, it's not through you. It's through his power. And some I love is, like, our neighbors, after my dad passed away, they would come over, and um, they heard about it, and they were crying, and they were just saying, like, oh, we're here if you need anything. And they were offering, and they were being very nice. And um, she just started explaining, I don't know how to explain it. And she started crying, our neighbor, and she's saying, I just feel like an aura, like a like a bubble, like a, some of like peace coming from your house. Like she didn't know how to explain it, and she's like, because they were right across the street, I believe. And she's like, every time I look over there, I just cry. Like I just cry, and I, and she didn't know how to explain it, but that was evident to me that there is peace present, and it's to take care of us. It's to protect us. Amen. When you when you give place to the Spirit, when you give place to Him, um, your your home will have a sense of peace flowing in and through it all the time. A joy. There will be joy in the house. When every when you know, especially as a head of a home, you need to make sure you're prioritizing the Spirit and the role of the Spirit in your household. Because when you when you give place to it, you'll begin to see. Um, it takes care of things for you. It takes care of things for you. Things that, you know, we could, we could never find any remedy, any kind of comfort in the world. And that what that peace did for us is it kept us in a place um, that was safe. You know, something the world could never offer. But when we give a time and place to the spirit, it will 
it will keep your home. It will keep peace in your home. It will keep strife out. It will keep frustration out. It will keep the world out. And that's an awesome thing. People should feel safe in your home. People don't walk in there, oh, my God, i got to get out of this place. This is like, this is not peaceful at all. People should come in and feel a warmth of your home. They shouldn't feel like they want to get out. So when our neighbors were explaining that, I was like, wow, you know, I feel like sometimes I get used to it, and that's something we should get used to. But when you see it from a perspective, like even our neighbors could feel it, it becomes more real to you that that is what belongs to us. Hallelujah. Peace. Joy. Joy unexplainable. It's unexplainable, but it's through him. That's awesome. That's something we should endeavor to always protect in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. But praise brings the anointing, and the anointing destroys the yoke. I love what Brother Hagin was saying. How long do we need to worship God? Till the anointing comes. For the the anointing will destroy yokes, hindrances, obstacles, oppositions in your life. Think of that. If we worship God and we worship him in spirit and in truth, our life will begin to look different out of that place of worship. Think of that. When we give time and place to worship him and praise him, our life will begin to look different. It'll begin to change. Hindrances, oppositions, obstacles, things that you struggled with your whole life will begin to fall flat in the presence of God. His power is more than enough to destroy every yoke in your life, everything in your life, every obstacle in your life. This power is more than enough. It's more than enough. And the, and the world is going to see a demonstration of that power, and it's going to be undeniable. And I don't want to be a person that said, wow, maybe that was true. I'm going to be committed through every season. I don't care what challenges, what I know, I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to be flaky. I want to be used by God, and I want to prove to him in a season that seems un- inconvenient to do the right thing, I'm going to still do the right thing. You know, the world wants to paint a picture of the church coming together. It's wrong. And I refuse to feel bad about doing the right thing. I refuse to feel obligated to feel bad for doing the right thing. This is how I live my life. This is how I govern my life. And that's first priority. Hallelujah. I will not feel bad about doing the plan of God. I will not apologize for it. I will not explain myself to people who don't understand it. I'm not going to entertain the devil's agenda anymore. Plain and simple. What are you accommodating in your life? I refuse to accommodate the agenda and the plan of the enemy any longer. It has no place. I don't care what form. I don't care what angle. I don't care what new way it's presented to me. It's still the same devil that is defeated. And I'm not going to change who I am in Christ and try to find a new answer. It's the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't care what in 10 years comes along. My answer is still in him. He overcame the world. And because I'm in him, I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. I am an overcomer. And I will not apologize 
for being in him. I will not apologize for being a child of God. I will not apologize to the world for what I stand by. The word of God is the world's, is the stand, should be the standard of the world. The world is not our standard. The word of God is our standard. It's above it. It's not debatable. And because of what Jesus did for me, I have an obligation to commit myself. I want God to use me in any state that the world is in. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if the sky falls. I don't care if, if everything, uh, every, all the animals die. I don't care if, all the, if people are in a rage. I don't care if what it looks like. I don't care what the state of the world looks like. I don't care what diseases in the world. I don't care what, I mean, it's, sickness and disease has been here since the fall of man. And I'm not going to change what I believe. I refuse to change what I believe. And it, I don't care what the state of the world looks like. I want to be used by him. He needs us. He can, he's looking He's looking for people who can be used. He's looking to mobilize his body. He's looking to, for people to walk out his plan and what his purpose is in this world. I want him to go, look no further. Use me. Use this body. Use this church. Use us. We're available. We're ready to be used. And I'm not changing what I believe for a trend. I'm not changing what I believe because of the state of the world. The word is my rock, it's my foundation, and I will not give it up for anything. I will not apologize for it. Amen. Hallelujah. What an awesome thing we have. What an awesome thing to protect. Amen. Have faith in him. Have faith in his word. Defend it. Even when you, when you want to rebuttal, defend it. Protect it. Don't let anything steal the word out of your life. Don't let any distractions steal that relationship out of your life. It's worth protecting. You need it. You need it. No question. You need it. You're not bigger. You don't have enough in you to, to handle what this world has to offer. You can't do it alone. You need it. So protect it. Defend it. Amen. Don't apologize for it. Amen. Hallelujah. And if we want to see this great revival that's for this hurting world, it's for these people. He sees, he sees these people, and he, it's for them. He, he wants to move in a mighty way. He wants to put on a display for this world. And we need to be available for his use. We can't be questioning God in any way, shape, or form in 2020. We, we need to be beyond that, people. We need to be beyond that. We need to be people that are like, I don't, I don't care what's going on. I know this church is usable. I know I can manifest myself there. They don't apologize. They preach the un, they, they teach the word straightforward. They give place for me in my spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. But we need to make sure we're keeping him our focus of our life, our priority. It's not, a, it's not a chore. It's not, a, um, it's not something that you have to do. Don't see it like that. We all need to have a relationship with him. Because when we know him, we, we're not wavered. No one can tell us different. I know my father. 
I know he's faithful. I know he's committed. I don't care what the world looks like. I know what my father can do for me. And he's been faithful this congregation. Amen. Hallelujah. I know you guys are committed. You're here. Um, and God sees that. He can use people who are committed and who will show up. Amen. Hallelujah. I want God to use me. I don't know about you. Do you want him to use you? Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you were blessed tonight. Glory to God. Um, let's just take a moment to lift him up and praise him, Lord. We worship you and thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Father, that your spirit has free course to move and operate in this place. We stand in faith on your word. We stand in faith on you, Father. We look to you. We put our heart towards you. We put our trust in you. Why don't you stand up with me and let's just worship him. Father, we worship you. We put ourselves aside. We put what's going on at home aside. We put what's going on in our thought life. We, 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 we shut it down. We, we turn our hearts towards you right now. And we worship you, Father. We praise you and thank you. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We praise you. As you're worshiping right now, his anointing is destroying yokes in your life, hindrances in your life, obstacles in your life. It's not for no reason. So praise him and worship him. We worship you, Father. As we take time to put you first and worship you, you're taking care of our situation. You're taking care of situations in our life. You're taking care of our families. You're taking care of our home. You're taking care of us. You, we look to you, Father, and praise you. We worship you. We worship you. We praise you. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Father. Hallelujah. Mom, do you have anything? Okay. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you. Lord, I love you more than anything. Mm -hmm. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I worship and adore you, just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything, I love you more than anything, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you, just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything, I love you more, I love you more than anything, more than anything, I love you more than anything. I love you.
should love him more than any hobby, more than any distraction, more than anybody. We need to love him more. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. Oh, we magnify you, Lord. We praise you. Oh, your power is here. Your power is here, Lord. Your power is here in this place. Oh, we magnify you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. Oh. You know, something I want to encourage you about is don't look to other people. Don't look to someone else to find your relationship with him. Come to him. Come to him. Come to him with a personal relationship. Don't look to someone else. Don't approach it with someone else's way of wording or someone else's way of speaking, come out of your own heart towards him. You know, don't be rehearsed in, oh, I've seen people talk to him like that. Come to him with your own heart. He wants to know you. Talk to him out of your own heart, out of your own relationship. Father, just talk with him. You don't have to be rehearsed. You don't have to be robotic, but he wants to know you. He, he, he wants a relationship with you, not someone you've rehearsed or not something you've seen. I mean, thank God for examples, but we need to come to him out of our own heart because he wants, he wants you. He died for you. So don't try to think you need to be a better person, you need to be someone else, or I need to be robotic, or I need to be rehearsed. Just come out of your own heart, willingly out of your own heart, because he wants you. Amen? So get any pre-arranged ideas that you have to be a certain way. He wants a relationship with you. Be honest with him. If you're struggling with something, be honest with him. Father, help me with this. Help me see this. Help me to learn this. Maybe you don't understand some things in the word. Talk with him and ask him for light in his word about something. He'll teach you. He is a teacher. He will teach you what you don't yet understand. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope that helped you tonight. Glory to God. Um